Welcome back to the Such Things Podcast. I'm David Lang. This is the podcast where we talk about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, as Paul says in Philippians 4, think about such things. And uh, we talk about such things. Well, there uh, once was a man who was all of these things. Excellent, noble, lovely. He was praiseworthy. Napoleon Bonaparte had this to say about him. Everything in him astonishes me. His spirit overawes me and his will confounds me. Beside him and whoever else in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. He is truly a being by himself. This fall, I invite you to come back to Jesus. Let's spend this season together turning our thoughts once again to Jesus of Nazareth. Let's return to the man who has not only changed the world like no other, but has changed me like no other. Has he changed you? I hope he, if he hasn't, maybe it's been a while. I hope he does this fall as we're going to jump back in to Jesus with, uh, during the Such Things podcast. I hope that by the time Christmas morning rolls around again, I pray that we'll be more ready to celebrate Jesus than ever before. We're beginning a series on the Gospel of John, looking at Jesus. I've read John so many times, many, many, I mean, dozens of times, maybe probably over a hundred times. And yet I'm still discovering new things there about Jesus. Uh, just recently, I was listening to the Bema podcast with Marty Solomon. I recommend you go check it out. Episode number 87. I'll, I'll touch on a few things from that uh, today. But there's so much to learn. Let's read together, shall we? John chapter 1, verse 1. If you're in a place where you can read along, then please do that. Open up your Bible, read along. Otherwise, just listen. I'm going to jump around a little bit. John 1, verse 1, some incredible words here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skipping to verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. 
the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Oh, we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Skipping to verse 16, Out of His fullness... We have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. And the church said, Amen. (laughs) Ah, this is an incredible passage, an incredible summary of the gospel message about Jesus. I want to recommend, again, if you're in a place where you can just read this, I suggest you just pause the podcast for a moment and reread those words. What stands out to you? What jumps off the page to you? What is the Holy Spirit calling your attention to today? Let's go through it together, shall we? I've got three things to say, of course, because a preacher always has three things to say. That's, you know, apparently what they teach us in preacher school. (laughs) Number one, he is the bringer of a new creation. Let's read John 1, verse 1. Let's just kind of go through together. Ready? In the beginning... Pause. (laughs) We'll stop right there. In the beginning. John, as he's writing this gospel, as he's starting this gospel, the story about Jesus, he's hearkening back to Genesis chapter 1. And the very first words found in the Bible. In the beginning. That's how the whole Bible began. Let's go back. The the, the first words of the Bible, Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. And how did he he create? It says in verse 3 of Genesis 1, God said let there be light, and there was light. Did you see that? God spoke and created light. So he used word or words and made light. So when John starts his gospel, he says, in the beginning, in all of his Jewish readers or listeners, when they hear that, they're like, oh, they know exactly what he's talking about. He's referring back to Genesis 1. And what does he say? In the beginning was what? The Word. Just like in Genesis, we found the words of God, the Word of God. He spoke, said, let there be light through his words. Creation occurred. And what did he create first? Light. And what does John say a few verses later in John 1? In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. See, John is hearkening back 
to that first creation. And notice this. If you read, this is really cool. In John 1, let me just listen. Bear with me. John 1, in verse 29, it says, John says, the next day. Okay, so what's that? The second day, right? The next day. Down in verse 35, John says again, and the next day, so now that's day three. And then down in John 1, verse 43, he says again, and the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. So that's, now we're on day four. Then in John chapter two, verse one, it says, on the third day, a wedding took place. The third day, wait, I thought we were on the fourth day. Well, I think what John is saying is the third day from the fourth day. So what would that be? The seventh day. And what happened on the seventh day in John 2? Jesus' first miracle, his first sign, turning the water to the wine at a wedding. So there are, in the beginning of John's gospel, he starts with seven days. When God was creating the earth in Genesis 1, what did we find there? Seven days. John is letting us know something. Jesus has come to bring a new creation. What happens to Jesus at the end of the Gospel of John? Well, he's reborn to new life, to be a new creation. Where? In a garden. His body was laid in a garden. He came out of the tomb to new life, to be a new creation in a garden, just like Adam, the original man in the Garden of Eden. What did Jesus tell Nicodemus a couple chapters later in John 3? He said, you must be born again. Born again. John already referred to that in John 1 verse 12 where he talked about um, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, but born of God. Paul says that we can all be, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus we can be born again. Paul says we're, we are to become a new creation, born again. Paul says that Jesus is the second Adam. And someday he will come back again and remake all of creation when heaven comes to earth. Jesus, here at the beginning of John, is being John is, is portraying him as the bringer of a new creation, the harbinger of a new creation. He offers a new start. He's offering the great do-over. We messed it up back in Genesis. It started so beautiful in Genesis 1. But within just a few short chapters, we had fallen. And then shortly after that, the first murder happened. But Jesus comes, John's showing us that Jesus comes as the great do-over. We love a good comeback story, don't we? I mean, look at the movies we watch, the shows we watch, the stories we love. Man, I grew up on the Karate Kid, you know, Danny LaRusso. He gets beat up by the kids at the skeleton costumes. <laughs> and then he comes back and, and he beats them up later. He does the little, you know, standing on the little... 
thing where he stands on one leg and kicks him in the face. And what do we have now? You know, 30 plus years later, Netflix has brought it back. Cobra Kai. Even Johnny, the blonde haired kid, the bully kid. Now he's getting a new start. Now he's kind of like the hero of the, the, the do-over of Karate Kid. We love a comeback. We love a new start. We love a do-over. The comeback kid. Jesus is bringing in John chapter one, the great do-over. This is our comeback. He's offering a new start. Do you need one? Well, you've come to the right place because Jesus is the bringer of a new creation. He was doing it in John 1, in the beginning. He's still doing it with each one of us. Jesus is making me new. This is what I'm learning. I am in progress. I'm a new creation in the making, and so are you. If you're a Christian, if you're not yet one, I invite you. This would be a good time to become a Christian. He offers you a do-over. I am being made back into his image. I am being made back into myself into a new creation. It began at my baptism. It continues today. That brings such context for me and such comfort in my life. It shows me that a lot of the stuff that I'm going through that's frustrating me and that's, uh, I mean, today, today I'm, I'm fasting today. And whenever I fast, it brings out like grumpiness in me and it brings out, already I've been a little snippy with my kids because I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not, I wish I was better at fasting. But you know what? Jesus is making me new. He's bringing things out of me. He's lovingly remaking me back into his image. If I'll only let him, that's what he's up to. That's the context for my life as a Christian. That comforts me because it means I don't have to figure it all out. I just need to let Jesus do what he does best. Bring a new creation. That's what he's doing here in John 1. It's what he's doing in my life. When we introduce Jesus to other people, as we go out and share our faith, we evangelize, he's offering them, we're offering them, not just a new start. He literally wants to make them new because he is the bringer of a new creation. That's the first thing I see here in John 1. As we begin this Look at Jesus in the gospel of God uh, of John. He is the bringer of a new creation. Number two. All right. He is the answer to the riddle. He's the bringer of a new creation, but he's also the answer to the riddle. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean by that. We didn't get very far in John 1, verse 1. In the beginning, let's go on. In the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay. Down in verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh. What's all this talk of the Word? The, the Greek word here for word is Logos or Logos. 
It's the word from which we get the word logic. It was this word, it was more than a word, it was a concept that Greek philosophers were a bit obsessed with in the time of, of when John wrote this. This was a popular concept. John was playing into almost like a pop culture reference here. In the beginning was the logos, the logos. And his audience would have been very familiar, like, yeah, yeah, we've heard of that. They, they, they believed that there was this logic. And when they looked around the earth and creation and the universe, they saw that clearly there was reason, there was logic the way the seasons come and go, as we see the leaves right now changing and falling, the way everything works together in balance and in harmony, clearly there's logic. There's, there's a force behind the creation, something, a mind, a brain, a logos, they called it, was out there. We call it God. Star Wars calls it the force. Some people might call it the universe. We hear the same idea to, idea today. You know, people, oh, the universe spoke to me, man. Oh, you know, you hear like you'll talk like a, a, a famous singer. Oh, where, what inspired you to get that song? Oh, the universe, man. It just spoke to me. Just just gave me the words, the universe. <laughs> it's this idea, this force, this this great mind, this brain. In the beginning was the logos, the logic, the word. So John's Greek-influenced audience would have would have been tracking with him here. They would have been like, okay, yeah, cool, cool. In the beginning was the word. And I got to thank Marty Solomon because he he really brings us home in the Bema podcast in a, in a great way. Episode 87, check it out. But see, the Jews also would have been tracking with John here. For them, the word was what? The word of God, Torah. And, and the, you know, the, the, books of, the books of the law, the, the, the books of Moses, Torah, the word of God. So when, when they hear John say, in the beginning was the word, they think, yes, the word. And the word was with God. The word was God, Torah. They put so much of their faith in the word of God. God's word is eternal. It's powerful. So both John's Greek audience and his Jewish audience, they're tracking with him. And then all of a sudden, when he comes to verse two of his book, okay, let's start over. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That's verse two. He. He? All of a sudden, both the, the, those Greek-influenced audience and the Jewish audience would have both been caught by surprise. Wait, the word he? It's personal? No, 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 no. The word, the logos, the great force, it's impersonal. It's unknowable. The Jews would have said, no, the word of God, it's the word of God. He, he was with God in the beginning? All of a sudden, they're both caught by surprise here. Of course, John is, is introducing both groups simultaneously to Jesus. He is the answer to the riddle. Every, both groups were waiting on something. Turns out they were waiting on someone, Jesus Christ. 
throughout the book of John, we're introduced over and over to, to these I am statements where Jesus says, I am the bread, I am the vine, I am the gate, I am the good shepherd. Of course, the Jews would have heard this as I am Yahweh, the I am, the name of God. That his Greek audience uh, would have heard this in a different way. Um, Marty Solom, Solomon uh, suggests that that Jesus was was, um, and I know he got his ideas from others, his other teachers. That Jesus was actually challenging different Greek deities here. That, you know, this idea of the bread, the vine, the shepherd. That he was challenging various Greek gods, but also that Jesus. To the Jewish audience, he was fulfilling various seven Jewish perceptions of the law, the word of God. Jesus was the answer to the riddle of their day, their culture, their hopes, their dreams. And they didn't even know it. And John is saying, it's Jesus, guys. He's the answer to the riddle. What you've been waiting on, it's Jesus. And he still is for us Today, for our day, our time, our culture, all the questions and hopes and dreams of our culture, Jesus is still the answer. See, John found a way to demonstrate to the people of his time that Jesus was the answer, the answer to the great riddle of their time. We've got to figure out how to show our world that Jesus is still the answer. It's Jesus. I think many Christians today are understandably fearful of this sort of progressive, woke culture that's out there. But I think, actually, we need to show the world that Jesus, <laughs> bear with me, don't, don't turn me off here. Jesus is like the ultimate woke progressive. He is the one that knows how to bring love and compassion to all. God's kingdom is inclusive and welcoming to all who will submit to Jesus as Lord. He comes with arms wide open. Yes, he calls people to repent, but the gospel that Jesus brought was for everyone. He says, I've come. It's the sick who need a, a doctor. I've come to the sinners, not just the saints. Jesus, he's the answer. People today are looking for a message that can unite. It's Jesus. He breaks, we're going to see him in John, break gender barriers, class barriers, race barriers. He unites all people by bringing us into union with himself. He is the answer to the riddle. He was back then when John wrote, wrote these words, and he still is today. He's the bringer of a new creation. He's the answer to the riddle. And finally, he's our life. <laughs> he's our life. John 1 verse 4, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In him was life. 
light and life, grace and truth. These themes come up over and over again here in John 1 and throughout the Gospel of John. What does Jesus tell us in John 10, verse 10? He says, I've come that they may have life to the full. Barclay says it's a, it's a super abundance of life. Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Life, I'm bringing you life. He is the life. In him was life. Inside of Jesus is the spark of life from which all life comes. Life, light, grace, truth. These, we all, this is what we want. We all want to be alive, to be happy, to be fulfilled, to find purpose, to find contentment. We're searching for it every day. We're, our hearts are starving for it. But so often we're just turning to counterfeits, searching for this life that always seems to be just out of our grasp. But Jesus offers the real thing, real life. He says, I got it. We're going to see him over and over in the Gospel of John offering people life. He's offering you life this fall, going into this winter. What does it say? I love, I love this line, John 1, verse 16. Listen to this. This is so cool. Out of his fullness, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Grace upon grace. This is an interesting Greek phrase to translate. You might want to go look it up in several different translations. Grace upon grace. Grace in place of grace already given. It's like, um, I believe it was F.F. Bruce um, that said, it's like, think about the waves on the seashore. Wave after wave. Just as one, you know, think about a wave crashing on the shore. It crashes up. I live at Myrtle Beach. I, 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 you know, at the beach, I love the waves. I love to surf, love walking on the beach. So imagine a wave crashing on the beach. And then what does it do? Then it recedes back down the sand. And just as it kind of gets back down to the ocean, what happens? Another wave crashes over to take its place. That's how the grace and the life that Jesus offers is. Just when you think it's running out, boom, another crash of grace, another wave of life washes over you. That's how it's meant to be when we follow Jesus. Recently, I was walking on the beach up in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I try to get up there every fall. I camp out by myself, just me and God. And my Bible, and my tent, and my surfboard, and my four-wheel drive. <laughs> and I was walking on the beach just reading this chapter. I read it over and over, and I prayed my way through it. And I came to this line, one of my favorite lines, about grace upon grace, wave after wave. And I looked at the waves, and I thought about my wife. I thought about my children. I thought about my church family. I thought about my friends. 
person after person that God has brought into my life. How God has come through again and again for me. He's done that for you. He's done it for me. Just when I thought I was running out of grace, just when I thought I was running out of life and Jesus wasn't gonna come through over and over, he's just, he's done it. He's come through over and over. Just as the waves constantly crash on that seashore as I was on the outer banks and they've been crashing on that, that, that beach for thousands, perhaps millions of years, wave after wave, there was, as I walked along, there was a big flock of seagulls, um, kind of, you know, and, and little birds there running around um, the water, right, as the, where the waves were crashing and running up on the shore. Huge flock of birds, and I was walking toward them. And as I walked, and I was praying, and I was reading in John 1, and thinking about my life, and the life Jesus has given me, the grace he's given me, and I saw all these birds, and then I thought, oh, great. I'm about to walk right through and they're all going to fly away and I'm going to have to walk right over the sand and there's going to be all these bird droppings. <laughs> and I'm going to have to, you know, try not to step in. You know, there's a lot of birds there and they, they leave a lot of, a lot of, a lot of droppings. <laughs> Just bear with me. Um, and I'm like, oh, great. It's going to mess up my prayer. But that by the time I got there, the waves had already, all the birds flew away and the waves had already washed it all the way and clean the beach for me. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's just like the life that Jesus offers, the grace Jesus offers. <laughs> he just constantly washes away all the, the, the bird droppings, all the junk that's filled your life and that's filled our world this past year and a half, just the life and grace of Jesus. Constantly just, when you think, oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. How can I get through this? There's bird droppings everywhere in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry to be crass. This is what I thought about as I reflected on this passage out there on a beach recently. Jesus, wave upon wave of life and grace. How can you make Jesus your life this week? How can you go to him to find your life this week? How can you let Jesus be your life this week instead of all the counterfeits that we run to? This week, um, I've been walking in the woods, admiring the fall leaves, just spending some really good time in prayer. I've been, I've needed it. Felt that I drifted away a bit in my prayer life in recent weeks or past few months. And so I've been out there praying in the woods, admiring the fall. I just, the other day, uh, two days ago, I just, I just got on my knees out there in the woods. I just gave everything and everyone to Jesus. And it was just so good as I, I was praying about a lot of stuff and I just realized, you know, Jesus is the answer. It's Jesus. I can hand it all over to him in prayer. I, re I, I highly recommend uh, go download the Pause app. P-A-U-S-E, not pause like a cat, like we just got a new cat. No, P like pause, like time out. Go download the Pause app, the one-minute Pause app from John Eldridge. 
and the Wild at Heart team. It's a great tool just to help you pause your day and give everything over to Jesus. It's kind of a meditation prayer tool. Let Jesus be your life. He's the bringer of a new creation. He's the answer to the riddle. He is our life. And he keeps bringing it. Man, I love it. If you read to the end of the chapter in John 1, verse 35, closing out here, it says, The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and said, What do you want? That's a good question. What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. And their life was never the same. I, I wonder what that day was like. I, I, I confess, I'm, I've always been a little jealous of these guys. I've longed, I still long What would it be like to spend a day with Jesus? Man. He said, come and see. These men were changed by spending a day with Jesus. Just come and see Jesus. Guys, it's Jesus. He's the answer. It's still Jesus. He's still the answer. Whatever you're going through, however messed up the world is, however messed up you feel like your church is, It's Jesus. Come and see him again this fall. Maybe you need to come see him for the first time. Or maybe it's just time to see him anew. Let's take a fresh look at Jesus together, shall we? And let's find life. Let's drink deeply at the well of Jesus this fall as we go through the gospel of John together. He's our hero. He's our answer. He's our very life. We'll see you next time. the Lord today, for He is all my hope and stay. Our God is good, His name is great, hallelujah.